Hi there, and welcome to the Grief and Rebirth podcast. I'm your host, author and trauma survivor, Irene Weinberg, here to encourage you wherever you are in your healing journey. In each episode, I chat with incredible grief and trauma specialists, healers, mediums, and celebs, as well as remarkable people who have inspiring healing stories to share. If you're looking for a podcast that's both uplifting and inspiring, you've found it. Let us help you find your joy in life. Hi, everyone. Welcome once again to Grief and Rebirth Podcast, where we interview grief and trauma specialists, healers, mediums, and people who have inspiring healing stories to share. I'm your host, Irene Weinberg. And before I begin today's interview, here's a reminder to please be sure to like Irene Weinberg, W-E-I-N-B-E-R-G, and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Our guest today is Marla Goldberg, who is an energy healer, an intuitive, a teacher, a speaker, an author, and the host of Guided Spirit Conversations podcast. Marla is joining us today to talk about her latest book called My Effing Long Journey to Loving Myself, A Guide to a Shorter Path, which details her tried and true techniques for releasing anger, leading to being in forgiveness, self-acceptance, and self-love. Marla's raw partial autobiography, part self-help book, reveals the choices she made that did not serve her well, as well as giving tips tools, and techniques to help her readers as, she likes to say, warts, wrinkles, and all. Marla, welcome to the Grief and Rebirth podcast community. I know that your mission and purpose in life is to inspire, motivate, and educate people to help them enhance or shift their life circumstances. Your new book, called My Effing Long Journey to Loving Myself, A Guide to a Shorter Path, is a very revealing an authentic guide for doing this. So Marla, to begin our conversation today, could you please share with us what inspired you to pursue your spiritual calling and write your book? Wow. Well, what pursued and what what happened to me that got me to start down my spiritual path is I was in a bad marriage. It was it was abusive. Um, he was an alcoholic and he was not a, he was not nice to me. And I had, I hit rock bottom. And so in doing so, I was looking, I couldn't, I couldn't figure out what to do, where to go, um, and who to talk to, to try and change my circumstances. And I was reading in a paper that there was going to be a woman's conference. And it was in that paper that the woman's conference intrigued me. So I wanted to see who was going to be presenting. What, you know, who, who were going to, was there anything for me? And there was a woman who was talking about how to heal yourself. And I said, I've got to go to that because everything I've been doing, everything I've tried is not working. And that old adage, people say, when well, you go to therapy, you change yourself and your circumstances change. Not the, not the case for me and my circumstances. So I went to listen to Alexandra Parnes, who ended up being my first teacher. And she was talking about how to heal yourself. And everything she said resonated with me. She would ask a question. My hand would go up. And at the end of her 40-minute talk or 50-minute talk, she sent out a flyer that she was having an informational one-day 
um, events so she could let people know what it is her school is about because she had a mystery school and well, she still does actually. And so I went, I still couldn't wrap my mind around what she was trying to teach, but I'm, I was like, yeah, I kept hearing this voice going, you have nothing to lose. Nothing else is working. Nothing to lose. Nothing else is working. So when she said, we're having a four day basic, I signed up for really not grasping what I was stepping into. But you were willing to walk through the door. I was to willing see. to walk through the door. Because a lot of people are not willing to do that. A lot of people are afraid and they stay stuck. They don't realize they can walk out the door if it doesn't work for them. Absolutely. And I was, and I was so desperate for change in my life because I knew that th this life was not working for me the way it was running. And I needed to change courses. And so I signed up for it. And in the basic classes, when I had my first, when I say known psychic experiences, there are a lot of times we have these, these, guide, you know, these guides guiding us, but we're so in our heads, we don't get the guidance, we don't hear it. And then we think that we're left vacant. And so I went to the four day school and the long story short, I ended up attending her three year, year school out of four. And I graduated learning 12, um, I don't know, 14 healing, different healing techniques. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was comprehensive. It was powerful. And I learned to let go and forgive in the process. Wow. That's, that's so crucial. That is so crucial. It's amazing. Well, do you call that the thud of hitting bottom that brought you to your knees? Yes. And how spirit showed up to help you? Yes, because spirit showed up by bringing me this conference, by bringing me this, this teacher who was sharing her message of how to heal yourself. And when I say I hit rock bottom, I mean, I, people who know me know, I'm usually upbeat. Not a lot keeps me down. And if I'm down, I'm not down for long. You know, maybe a few hours, maybe a day or so. But this was weeks of depression. And I wasn't used to being depressed like that. And so I, I just had to follow my guidance. I had to follow this, you know, the school because nothing else was working. And I figured, well, if this doesn't work, I'm no better off. I'm no worse off than I already am. But it turned out, you know, that there I was go. better off. Yes. <laughs> well, then why do you call yourself a reticent healer? And tell us about the voice that boomed in your head. Because as many of our listeners know, something similar to that also happened to me and changed my life. So I call myself the reticent healer because spirit pretty much grabbed me kicking and straight, you know, I was very resistant to following my spiritual path, to becoming a healer, to working with clients. I was, you know, I just figured when I graduated, I would, I would help friends, I would help myself, and that would be the end of it, and I would get on with my life, doing, being the serial entrepreneur that I've been. And, well, Spirit had other, had other plans for me, because everything I tried to do failed. I started a bakery. It lasted a year. I tried this, that failed. And so um, one day I, I was now married to my new husband and we were traveling and I was asleep and I heard this big booming voice tell me that I needed to start a practice and I needed to start to help people, that people needed my help. And I said to my husband, it's like, did you hear that? Did you say that? He goes, what, what, what? Because I woke him up out of a deep sleep. Because I have no idea what you're talking about. And I told him this, the story. 
And over breakfast, we talked about my situation, what my circumstances, the voice in my head, what I heard. And together we said, well, maybe I need to follow that advice and start a practice. And so I did. And as we both learned, you pay attention to that voice. Because when they pulled me out of the car, my husband was dead next to me. The voice that came into my head told me to be loving and kind to everyone. And here we are. Yes. So you pay it. You pay attention. You pay attention. You pay attention. Thanks, Marla. We're going to take a quick break to allow a minute for our sponsors who keep this podcast free for our listeners. We'll be right back. We're back. Thanks for tuning in to my inspiring, authentic interview today with Marla Goldberg. Let's continue on with Marla with this question. Marla. Yes. My effing long journey to loving myself, a guide to a shorter path, is an account of your transformational journey, which includes a guide to some of the most powerful tips, tools, and techniques, which you call TTTs, you learned and incorporated in your life to come to release, self-forgiveness, self-acceptance, and self-love. Yes. Tell us more. Well, I started writing this book. Um, I don't even, I was guided to write this book. And as I started writing it, I started just automatic writing and it just happened to be about my life. And then I had gotten a hit that, no, this is more than just sharing your, what's, what happened to you. Let's help people. So I started putting what I call my TTTs, tips, tools, and techniques, listing them out in the back of the book. And then as I'm writing, I got this epiphany that I should include what tips, tools, and techniques that I would have used had I had known them starting at a very young age and what tips, tools, and techniques I actually did use once I learned them to help me shift my life. Because I was, I was a typical repressor. I repressed all my feelings. I, I, I write in the book, I was like Scarlett O'Hara. I'm not going to worry about this today. I'll worry about it another day and I'll vow not to do this, that, or the other thing, or let something happen to me again. And then I moved on with my life. Well, what I found is doing those vows, making those declarations were not helpful in life. And so I needed to release a lot of repressed anger and frustration and, and disappointment and hurt and then take it to the next level and, and learn how to forgive others and myself for the, the decisions I made in my life that did not serve me well at all which then led to self-acceptance and then into total self-love as like you said warts wrinkles and all and isn't it wonderful when you get to this place it's like loads of for me loads of baggage just lift off your shoulders and come and come from your leave your being can you tell us about some of those 20 techniques i'm fascinated by chinese face reading intuitive life coaching and what is spiritual response therapy so in Chinese face reading, there, so what they have found, this is part of Chinese medicine. And so this is a practice that's over 2,000 years old. I think it probably had a different name in China, but um, like just medicine. But what they found is your facial features, how large, how small, where they're placed, they, they tell a story. And that's one piece of the puzzle. The other piece of the puzzle is your birthday to hold patterns as well. And so you get a ton of information from your face, like I said, features, um, but you also get a lot of information from your birthday patterns. So together, it'll give you the big picture and it'll help share about your personality characteristics, 
you know, why you might feel stuck, what you might be doing repetitively that isn't serving you. Um, it can help with matching you up with another person. <laughs> it even helps you uh, find, a, find a soulmate? Well, I don't know about finding a soulmate, but finding a really good match for your your personality and characteristics. Wow. Um, and then intuitive life coaching is exactly that. I'm, I'm an intuitive and we have conversation. And what's different than myself and a psychic is I get a lot of information during conversation. So you'll be sharing something too with me about something that's going on in your life. I'll get information and I'll share with you where my guidance, you know, what my guidance is telling me to tell you. And so it helps, you know, we can draw together, get a, a, a goal, a, a plan together, a strategic plan so that you can, you know, whether it's for business, personal, you know, changing your life, whatever it might be. And that's how the guidance piece works. Okay. And SRT is spiritual response therapy. And it's a technique where we clear blocks, programming and imprints off of your Akashic records, your soul records. So for people who don't know what the Akashic records are, everything from the moment of your conception to the very second you're listening right now is all filed away in, a, in let's say, a virtual cabinet or an iCloud. So every word, thought, deed that you have said or projected on somebody else, anything that's done to you is all recorded in your Akashic records. And so not only is iCloud... Um up there um, physically, uh, virtually for all of us, but it's also, there's a heavenly iCloud up there. There's a heavenly iCloud, yes, absolutely. <laughs> and so, but in, but in you know, as, as one may know, or maybe if you don't know, what happens is your soul is eternal. Your soul goes on, your body is a shell, and you know, it has the aging process, it will fall away. But when you transition, your soul is still very much alive, though your body is not. And in doing so, you might bring some things that happen to you in a current life. So, for example, not to bring up some sad situation, these killings, that, that these mass shootings that are happening, these souls are still alive, but they may bring the fear of what they experienced into their next incarnation. And it, will, it could potentially block some flow or bring some fear issues in. Well, we can clear them. And... So it's either past life, current life, which will then clear into the future. So now, can you clear them even if they're on the other side or it has to be someone in a physical body here? I clear the people in a physical body, but because it's past life, technically you, it's on the other side as well. And you can clear issues between. So for example, if you came to me and you had issues with your mother who had transitioned, we can clear what went on between the two of you. Yes. That's really cool. Because it all has to do with past lives. Right. That's, that's really cool, Marla. Um, how did you help your friend's son? I saw that there was a really great story you told about how your techniques and all helped your friend's son. So I have um, a friend whose son is an all-American athlete. And this young man was having trouble sleeping. And he had been having trouble sleeping for a probably a decade. You know, uh, maybe a little bit less than that. And she asked me if I would clear him. And so I did, and during the clearing, I did an SRT clearing on him. And as during the clearing, I heard something about an, a Ouija board. And so I went to her, I said, did he ever play with a Ouija board? Because I'm getting a message about a Ouija board. And she's like, I don't think so. I don't know anything about it. 
So as we were friends, we were out, my husband with her husband out to dinner one night and she asked her husband, did our son ever play with this Ouija board? And his the father, you know, the husband said, yeah, don't you remember his friend so-and-so brought one over and they played with it? And she goes, oh my God. And so then she called me and I do also do space clearing is one of my modalities. I had gone into her house to clear the space. And what's interesting is in my my way of doing space clearing, we'd find where the primary disturbance was. Well, it was in her son's room, in his bedroom. So we came, I, I cleared that. I came back down and did all of my sweeps um, because we cleared ge geopathic stress, magnetic stress, underwater, you know, disruptions, etc. And then when I went into this child's room again, so now all American athlete, you would think there'd be medals and trophies all over the room. The room was barren. There was a nightstand, a dresser, a bookcase that was empty and a bed that was slept in. And that was it in this bedroom. Wow. So I went in and I, I, you know, cleared up to a point and then it wouldn't let me clear anymore. So I'm assuming that's where the children opened up a portal when they were young, cleared um cleared that part of the how you know the room so then the room had total flow again but i had a message saying ask him if he wants to change bedrooms you know room his bedroom to another room in which he approached him and at first he said no and then a couple of weeks later he said yes and what did he do trophies came out awards came out posters books it became personalized he was studying in his room his room was comfortable to him and more importantly most importantly he started to be able to sleep. Wow, that's a wonderful story. Thank you. Oh my God, to help someone be able to sleep for the rest of his life? Hopefully, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's a beautiful story. Yeah. And what about your story about your divorce from your ex-husband? And I mean, that's quite a story. And what you did to work through your pain, anger, and all those judgments being focused on you. People can be so unkind. Well, it's just especially because, you know, he had a different persona at work and everybody thought him he was this amazing guy at work. But when he came home, when the door closed, it would just be horrible because he was not a funny drunk. He was not a nice drunk. He was a mean alcoholic. And he would come in and he would start screaming and hollering. And it was it was just challenging. I would say, how was your day? And he would find a reason to yell at me. Uh. And, you know, a lot of people didn't know about this. And so we finally got through the divorce, but he wanted to make the divorce as arduous as possible and as expensive as possible. And so he hired this law firm that was known to absolutely desecrate the other side, which would have been me, the plaintiff. And it took three years and it took me three lawyers to get through this. And I mean, I would, I would have conversations saying, look, we have children together because I adopted his two children. We have children together. Let's do this amicably. Let's split the house. Let's, you know, I kept making offers. He said no, no, no to everything. And it was, it was brutal. But finally, after almost three years, we were able to divorce. But it didn't end there. It, because he kept harassing me. He kept calling me and sending me these vile text messages. And it got to the point where I just hit my limit. And finally went to the police showing them my phone with all the text messages on it and how horrible and, and mean and cruel and, and vile and personal 
that it was. And we got a, they said, we want you to get an order of protection. So I went to the court, got the order of protection, and he kept avoiding the sheriffs. So he was never officially given the order of protection to sign. And finally, it was one, one Monday night in November where he started calling me, leaving vile messages again. And following my detective's advice, I called the police to write yet another report. And so at this point, the border protection was probably two months old that, I, that he still hadn't read it. So he was still harassing me. And the officer remembered me from, off, <clears throat> excuse me, from a previous domestic situation I was having because of his temper. And while we were talking, the phone rang. Um, I told the officer who it was. He said, call him back. And he said, look, you need to sign this order of protection. You can't, you can't just keep doing this. Let this woman live her life. And he agreed to it. Yes. So the police officer called him back. He did. He took the phone. He said, dial it. What a up. surprise. <laughs> and well, it was a surprise to my ex because he thought he was yeah. going to get me and he was going to be able to start screaming and hollering at me. Right. And instead, it was a police officer. And I'll make the long story short, he ended up being pulled into the into jail, which is not what I wanted. I just wanted someone to say, leave her alone and have him leave me alone so I could live a peaceful life. And while he was in there, um, he transpired. He oh, transitioned. Wow. wow. And so I was being blamed for <laughs> this search. I mean, there's more to it and it's in the book. But instead of people seeing that he was harassing me for months and months and months, and I had an order of protection to protect myself, I was yet blamed as being the horrible individual who caused this to happen. And so they, I mean, they, and they, there's more to it and it's in the book, but- um, Which is why they want to read the book. This is why they want to read the book. And the tips, tools, and techniques that I use to work through the anger that I was feeling, the, the disappointment, the stress, uh, you know, the frustration from being blamed for something I didn't do or from having to receive these vile text messages or phone messages. And like, like okay, so there's a technique called release and exertion or exertion and release. And I would do things like I, had a, I have a kid's bat. I still have a kid's bat. Um, but this particular bat, ended up smashing in smithereens because I was banging my, my healing table so hard with it <laughs> that I had one hit and all of a sudden the plastic went flying all over the room that I was in. You had a lot to release. I had a lot to release. But for anybody who's who just is so angry and doesn't know how to get rid of their anger or stress, frustration, you know, doing anything with where you can bang something like a bed on a mattress or uh, somebody who likes to box, you know, hitting a hard bag and picturing the situation or the person's face on it helps you get rid of it. Tennis was another outlet for me. Um, you could take eggs and go into the forest and, and throw them into the, you know, throw them against a tree or take rocks into a lake and just throw the rocks as hard as you can. Anything that, that with movement will help you get this anger and frustration up and out. And if you feel like crying while doing it, cry, get it out. If scream. you scream, scream, 
you know, now if you're in an apartment, that might alarm people. So that's why I designed a screen pillow. So you can get take this pillow, put it over your mouth and scream into it so it muffles the noise. But you can still get that scream, that primal release out. So tell me about the scream pillow. That's cool. You designed a scream pillow? I did. Does it look like a regular pillow? No, it's got it's got it basically has a big giant screaming mouth. So it shows you where to put your mouth when you need to release. And it's called the original screen pillow and it's on my website. So my website where they could find it is marlagoldberg.net, www.marlagoldberg.net. And they can purchase it there. We'll we'll ship it out and then they too will have their own screen pillow. That's fabulous. Um Marla, speaking of screen pillows and TTTs and all that you have done for yourself, do you have a message about the importance of healing that you'd like to share with our listeners? Yes, I do. Because the reality of it is there's you, there's no need to walk, walk around as a walking wounded individual. You can heal these issues. I mean, there are many people who have been brought up in dysfunctional lives, who have been judged, criticized, abused verbally, mentally, physically, emotionally. And you don't need to, you can learn to heal this. You can then, you know, get rid of these, these wounds and move on to live a life you, you were meant to live. We weren't put on this earth to walk around as wounded individuals. We were actually put on this earth to work through lessons and then move on to the next lesson. But we can, but not to hang on to everything and not to have to believe the negative things that people have shared with you over the, the, the course of your life, because that's their projection onto you. Absolutely. And they projected it onto you, but then by holding on to it and not healing yourself, you're busy projecting yourself onto other people. Yes. Because it's a cycle. Yes. Yeah. I, I totally agree. Tell us all the ways our listeners can connect with you and where they can buy your book. So they can reach me at Marla at Marla Goldberg. I'm sorry. They can reach me at Marla at mghealer.com, like Marla Goldberg Healer.com. That's where they can email me. My website, once again, is www.marlagoldberg.net. And they can either order the book online at my website or on amazon.com. And how could they ever forget the name of your book? My effing long journey to loving myself, a guide to a shorter path. <laughs> and with that said, what is your tip for finding joy in life, Marla Goldberg? Gratitude. gratitude. Absolute gratitude. Because when you can be grateful about everything, even the, the, the perceived negative things, and I say perceived because the negative things that people are projecting on you or things that happen to you or the things you say or do to yourself, it's all perception in reality you know, how you take it in, because I could, I could say something to someone and they'll think nothing of it, but somebody else could say the same thing and they could get their panties in a tight twist. (laughs) 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 And by releasing, you know, by being grateful for it, because everything is growth, you know, you can be grateful for the learning process that whatever it is, is a stepping stone to the next level of learning. Of, of your own personal growth. So instead of instead of um, taking offense, maybe if someone's very abusive or they they do something, you can you can use it 
to say thank you for the lesson that I'm going to take from this. Right. You can send them blessings. You know, blessings are always good. You know, bless them. Bless the situation because it sort of diffuse, it diffuses it into, on, on an energetic level. And then being grateful for the lesson in it because you need to stop and say, okay, what, what is, what's it, what, what, why is this happening? Why am I experiencing this? Where's my growth? What do I need to learn? What do I need to do? And I use it all the time. I have a situation you and I spoke about earlier. And I, I it's like, okay, what am I supposed to do? And at a certain point, I even, you know, ask spirit for guidance. Help me. Help me understand. Show me what to do to get to diffuse the situation and to change it to something that's positive. That's the key to everything. And it's all about a choice to, to choose to heal, to choose to yes. get something positive out of it. Marla, your mission to inspire, motivate, and educate people, moving them to enhance or shift their life circumstances, mirrors that of this podcast, which is to encourage people to heal and pay it forward by being both a role model and helping others to know that they too can heal. I applaud you for living your truth, writing my effing long journey to loving myself, a guide to a shorter path, and for today's very inspiring interview. Here's a reminder, everyone, to please be sure to like Irene Weinberg, W-E-I-N-B-E-R-G, and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you, and thanks again, Marla. And as I like to say, surely to be continued. Bye for now.